Welcome back to Northway's D-Group Podcast. I'm your host, Rodney Mills, and I'm so glad that you stopped by to visit. We're on a quest to discover what it means to love, live, and lead like Jesus. And uh, we're in the early going of this journey together. And we're back to session number two. Now, we spent the entire first session breaking down our first big idea. And here was my declaration that a disciple of Christ is a person who is willing to give up their preconceived ideas of what life is all about, to abandon their previous way of living, and then to immerse themselves into the way, the truth, and the life of the Master in order to be like Christ. And so you've got to get that, in order to be like Christ. That's our goal. And you might remember our mantra, the aim of my life is to be like Christ to love, live, and lead like Jesus. This is our destiny, the very life we were meant to live. You might remember how we talked about what Paul said. He said, For those that God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's what God has in mind for you, what he's always had in mind for you. The aim of your life is to be like Christ. And if you've been wondering just what your life is all about, where you can find true meaning and purpose, this is it, friend. In this way, this is the life you were meant to live. Now, I've got to admit, the challenge I offered in that first session really sets the bar pretty high. But those are really Jesus' words, not mine. His invitation is to repent, to believe, to follow, and obey. To deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. These sound like words of heavy effort and maybe even a life of drudgery, but it's really quite the opposite. You might also remember how we talked about the easy yoke. Jesus' challenge to us was to come to him, to walk with him, work with him. Watch how he does it. And he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's not heavy at all. And we're going to see here today in John chapter 8, this giving ourselves over completely is not binding and burdensome at all. It's actually how we find freedom. So let's jump into today's big idea and discover what I call the Disciples Freedom Formula. This study is about becoming a disciple of Christ. That's our aim, to apprentice our lives to Jesus. So today, let's find an answer to a very important question. How do you know if you actually are a disciple of Jesus? We could come up with a few answers of our own, I'm sure, but why don't we just ask Jesus what he thinks? Let's listen in on a conversation that Jesus was having with those who were starting to follow him, starting to believe in some of his teachings. Jesus lets them know very clearly what it takes to be his disciple. This is John chapter 8, verse 30. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. And then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, we are descendants of Abraham, they said, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? And Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave doesn't remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. 
So if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. And so out of this passage, we can see what we'll call the disciples' freedom formula. Jesus was answering these Jews by saying that you're not in need of freedom because you're literally a slave. You're in need of freedom because you're a slave to sin. And that's the first part of the disciples' freedom formula. Number one, sin is what enslaves us. We see that in verse 34. Everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. You see, when we trace it back, sin is always the problem. When we sin, we, we put ourselves on the throne of our own little kingdom, and we say, we know what's best for our lives. In fact, uh, sin in the Greek is hamartia. Sin literally means to miss the mark. In other words, sin keeps us from living the life God has in mind for us, the life we were meant to live. We're missing the mark. Now, here's what happens, though. We are a people of habit. And when we do things enough times over and over again, our brain frees up bandwidth to do other tasks that require more thinking power. And so, as we keep missing the mark over and over from God's original design, whether that's through lust or anger or pleasure or pride or, or what other, whatever other selfish means, we become enslaved or virtually powerless against our own sin because essentially out of habit, we're living that way on virtual autopilot. And so we do things that are hurtful to others. We do things that are hurtful to ourselves, and we do things that are certainly hurtful to God. And why is that? It's because we're slaves to it. We can't seem to shake it on our own. It holds dominion over us, like, like chains that bind us in slavery, keeping us from living the life we were meant to live. Unforgiveness, bitterness, pride, the need to be right, lust, the need to be accepted, greed, discontent, fear, worry, selfish ambition, and a long list of many other issues that hold us captive. It matters not what home you come from, how rich or poor, black, white, yellow, brown, or even how righteous your parents may have been, we're all susceptible. And thankfully, Christ invites us as his disciples to a different way of living. He invites us to be his disciples, to learn to live the way he lives. And he offers us freedom from that bondage. And Jesus very famously says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so that leads us right into our second part of the free freedom formula. Number one, sin is what enslaves us. But number two, freedom comes from knowing the truth. That's the second part of the disciples' freedom formula. Now, what truth, though, is he speaking of? And you have to go back just one verse to pick this up, to really understand. He says this, and, and this is really so important to get right here. This is verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you continue or abide or remain even, if you continue in my word, and here he means teachings, if you continue in my teachings, you really are my disciples. So what truth sets us free? Jesus says his words are truth. His word is the truth. He says, continue in my words or my teaching. Continue, as your Bible may translate it, may say, abide in my words. Abide in the things that I'm teaching. In all these kingdom life lessons that I'm teaching, stay right here. Now, in one understanding, to, to abide means to make yourself at home. This is where you live. 
You know, like your house is your abode. You abide there. I remember when we were living in eastern North Carolina, when someone wanted to know where you live, they actually asked, where do you stay? Hey, where do you stay? And that's what it means to abide. It means to remain, to stay, to live in his words, his teachings, his commands. And that's how you'll know the truth. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Now, here's something to think about. Because this whole idea of knowing and believing is something that Jesus talks an awful lot about. It's the second primary word of his invitation to repent and then believe, follow, and obey. Of course, the most famous reference to this believing is probably John 3.16. You're quite familiar with. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe. Uh, here's a, here are a few definitions of this word believe. One is simply to accept something as true. Another is similar, to be confident about something. That's what it means to believe. So we could say a part of knowing the truth is to believe the facts about Jesus. We can believe his virgin birth, his radical miracles, his resurrection. And if you think about it, that's a pretty big leap of faith. Another form of knowing and believing, no doubt. So you accept the facts to be true, even if they seem hard to believe. Another way to think of believing is how we speak to those we love when we say, I believe in you. You can do it. And so in that moment, it's it's sort of a way of encouraging and building confidence in someone that they're capable of succeeding at whatever they've set their mind to. But but why would you say that to them? It's because we have faith or maybe, maybe we have confidence in their abilities and potential. I believe in you. I've got confidence in you. I've got faith in you, in your abilities and your potential. And yet another definition of believe is, is something like this, to follow a creed, a statement of beliefs that guides someone's actions. And so we've got all these ideas, these definitions, but if we put them all together, when we say to Christ, I believe in you, what we should mean is, I've looked at the qualities and character and the power of your life and your teachings, and I believe in them so fully, I'm entrusting my entire way of thinking and living to you. And we're saying, as his true disciple, that we're not just believing the facts of his life to be true, but we're saying to him, the life you've outlined through your own example and teachings are now going to guide the actions of my life. Now, here's another way to put it, one of my favorite ways of saying it. To say I am believing in Jesus is to say I must be living as Jesus lived and taught, and I also must be loving as Jesus loved. To say I'm believing, I must be living, and I must be loving as Jesus loved. Listen, friend, it's not enough to just believe that Jesus was a real person or even that he was God. He's calling his true disciples to live by his word. Now, think about that for a few moments. What does believing in Jesus mean to you? Did you realize it means more than just believing the facts of his life to be true? Think about that for a second. this leads us to the third step in the disciples' freedom formula. Fully knowing the truth comes from the experience of doing. Fully knowing the truth comes from the experience of doing. He says that that sin is what enslaves us and that 
uh, number two, that freedom comes from knowing the truth. And then number true, number three, <laughs> number three, fully knowing the truth comes from the experience of doing. There's a different kind of knowing he's talking about. Look again at verse 31. If you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, if you remain true to my teachings, all those different ways of understanding that, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So again, this phrase, continue in my word, it means to take the words you've heard him teach and put them into practice continually, over and over. And that's how you'll know the truth in a way that is liberating. Other translations actually put this as, if you obey my commands or my teachings. So are you seeing this? Repent, believe. Follow and obey. We keep hearing these things over and over. Pastor Peterson does an excellent job here rephrasing these two verses to get to the very heart of what Jesus meant. I just love this. One of my favorite verses in the message, John 8, 31, 32. Peterson translates it, If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then, oh, I love this. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth will free you. This is a radical understanding here. Knowledge, knowing, and believing in the way Christ is proposing here. It's about testing the statements of Christ, putting them into practice, and finding out firsthand for yourself that they are, in fact, true. Not just agreeing to them in theory, not just going along with the rest of the crowd who raise their hands to agree, but closely observing for yourself the life and teachings of the Master And then taking that knowledge out into the streets and into your home and into your workplace, putting it into practice, obeying what he said to do, and having this amazing discovery that he knows exactly what he's talking about. And then it radically transforms your life. And I absolutely love how Paul would come to understand and express this transformation. This is Romans 6, 17. Thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, remember, that's what Jesus said, sin is what is in, enslaves you. Though you used to be slaves to sin, you've come to obey f- from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Oh, I love this. Here's what I'm trying to get you to see. In the last lesson, our primary focus was to realize that Christ's true call is a call to us is to be his disciples. That's no small thing. It's a call to leave behind your previous ways of thinking and living and to submerge yourself into his way, truth, and life. It's, uh, it was about the call to apprenticeship. And in this lesson, we're beginning to clarify what it means to actually be his disciple. To apprentice our lives to him is a life of listening and learning, no doubt, but it's even more about putting it into practice. And that's how Jesus says we are his disciples for sure. You're not just forgiven from your past, I mean, as wonderful as that may be, but as you apprentice your life to him, you begin the process of radical transformation into his likeness, one little practice session at a time. And that's how you experience his freedom. I mean, after all, you've got years of habitual lifestyles that tend to stand against much of what Jesus proposes. Deprogramming and rewiring your heart and mind does not often come in an instant. Jesus is saying that as you truly apprentice your life to his, you'll experience freedom from that old self, but only if you remain in his words, if you're living out his teachings. Now get this, get this, good. Forgiveness is given in a moment. 
Freedom is found in living a life of obedience. Forgiveness is given in a moment, but freedom is found in living a life of obedience. Now, there's one final point that we must approach in our Disciples' Freedom Formula. And so let's review where we've come from so far. Sin is what enslaves us. Number two, freedom comes from knowing the truth. And fully knowing the truth comes from the experience of doing, of obeying. So if this, is the, if this kind of knowing comes from experience, what is it that Jesus had told us to do? I mean, what do we need to do? What is the truth? Well, this is our last and somewhat obvious part of the disciples' freedom formula. Knowing what to do is learned in Christ's teaching. It's sort of a circle. Let's look at it one more time. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Remember, Christ is speaking to his audience who claim to be believers. He's assuming they've been around him long enough to know the essence of his teachings. In other words, they have the information. They've got the instructions. Maybe that's a better way to say it. So it stands to reason, if we're to experience the, pro- the power of this freedom formula, we too had better know the teachings of Christ. Remember, our Great Commission tells us that as his disciples, we're to make disciples with a specific mandate to instruct them in the practice of everything Jesus commanded. Train them in this way of life, the Jesus way. And that's precisely what we've set out to do in this study, to examine the teachings and the life of Christ and discover just what it means to love, live, and lead like Jesus. We're going to launch into that in our next lesson by talking about one of Jesus' primary topics, the kingdom of God. And what we're going to discover in the weeks ahead is that we can actually live free from anger and lust and jealousy, worry about finances, about how we look, about being accepted, Freedom is not just being freed from the penalty of sin. Get this, friend. Freedom is not just being freed from the penalty of sin. It's a freedom to live a life of peace and joy. I'm praying for you this week, friend. You're doing an awesome thing devoting your life to this kind of apprenticeship. I'm praying God strengthens you through his spirit to live out the teachings of Jesus for yourself. Test his words. Prove to yourself they're absolutely true. And just watch as you begin to experience his freedom in your life.